Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ford Performance section of the Mustang Owners Museum podcast. My name is John Clore, and I'm the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance. Not only do I manage that good fun stuff, but I manage all of that content that you read in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com. And if you're not reading that, you can pause this podcast later and go read some of the fun stuff on FordPerformance.com. And why? Because it's about you. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, On our last podcast, we did talk about the reasons why you want to be in a Mustang club if you're in the Mustang hobby. And we had none other than Mike Ray, the president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, one of the largest and most active clubs on the continent, and certainly one of the most successful. And Mike has been a pioneer in uh, the, the hobby he's worked at for Ford Motor Company itself. He's worked in the Mustang teams. He's worked at Roush. He's worked at Celine. I mean, he's been all over uh, the hobby and and now he even sells high performance Mustangs. So uh, I thought maybe this would be the guy because when you have a club that's that successful and that's pioneering, maybe there's some things you should learn about how it is that one guy can take a club and have a blast with it and other ones are struggling. So Mike Ray, Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's an honor to to be on here with you, John. Thank you for having me. Oh, no. Uh, I got to tell you, after we talked about, you know, why are people, why should we join a Mustang club? We buy a Mustang. Isn't that enough? Um, And the answer, of course, is no, it's not enough. And I think we, you know, we kind of covered that pretty well. And we kind of hinted we wanted to talk about the clubs themselves, because some of the clubs, Mike, we notice are a lot more fun to be in than others. And it's just like anything else, depending on, you know, what city you're in, almost every major city in the United States has a Mustang club. In fact, uh, if you go to FordPerformanceClubConnect.com, you'll notice 400 clubs are registered all across that map of the U.S. And I've got clubs even registered in Canada and and South America. In fact, we're on every continent but Antarctica. So let me know, Mike, when you want to go to Antarctica and start a Mustang club. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, we definitely got to let them know about Club Connect because uh, that is just such a valuable asset that every club needs to know about. Well, we did talk about that a little bit, but today I really want to get into the nitty gritty. And, and, and the reason I'm saying that, Mike, is because, you know, uh, we talked about people saying, well, some clubs are, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars to join. And they, they don't people don't see the value in that money being spent every year. And and we talked a little bit about how, how important that 50 dollars that you spend each year could be when you go to have your Mustang serviced or you go to have your Mustang painted or you go to find out where to get this done or that part because the Mustang Club is a treasure trove of information. But today, for our purposes, let's talk about the Mustang Clubs being run as a business. A lot of people see them, Mike, as only social, but it's more than that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, Whether it's for-profit or non-profit, um, it's definitely you have to treat it as a business. Um, and the, the bottom line is what you want to do is get your members the most benefits they can from joining the club. Uh, make them feel some worth and uh, some value for actually the money that they put up to actually join that club, to, uh, whether to just to be have fun or actually actually monetary discount from a sponsor, say, or, you know, if you get 10% off from CJ Pony Parts and you spend $1,000, you know what I mean? Then you just saved $100 right there. So that could be two, three-year membership there alone just for one little discount. And so that's what you got to try to look at at the business side of it is to provide the members with all the benefits that you can 
um, while growing the club and the business and um, enticing people to join, some people join just for the discounts. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike, that's why I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, let's let's face it. Back in the day when Mustang first came out, Ford was the one that started the National Council of Mustang Clubs, and they tried to teach people how to go and have uh, clubs and have fun. It was more really, a, I would say, it was a social thing. Let's face it. But as you pointed out very much, uh, it's more than that. And you really need the support of your local community uh, and, and the interaction, maybe not just so much the support. And I believe one of the key things about a, a Mustang club in any town is a great relationship with Ford dealers. Absolutely. that That is huge. And one other thing that I just kind of want to mention here is um, you talked about the community. You know, we do in our local town is um, there's like a Memorial Day parade each and every year. So we're always um, participating in that to um, have our Mustang convertibles in there and riding people through the parade. And I would suggest that for anybody around the country to do that with their local communities. But, yeah, the dealerships, I think, are um, very key. Um, you know, you're keeping the relationship up, ship up with Ford. You're actually introducing them to a local dealer that's there that's actually going to, you know, create business. So the dealers are more than willing to open up their doors to you to welcome that club um, in that, you know, are going to be bringing members in that they might not necessarily have gotten before. And it might just be for once a month for an hour um, in a conference room or in the service bay, um, anywhere like that, just to host them. Um, and it, the the ROI on that is just incredible for the dealership. So it would be very rare. I think that a dealership would not be interested in hosting a club or sponsoring a club, or at least talking to them to getting to know more and maybe start with a discount on parts and things like that. But, you know, one or two sales is going to more than make their ROI that they would ever possibly need to be um, invested in. Well, it makes sense in, in so many ways, Mike, but uh, you know, when you talk about the community, a lot of people said, you know, I don't have a good dealership experience and, um, you know, they're going to buy their car. What's that company that sells their cars through a vending machine? Carvana. Yeah. Um, the difference is uh, those companies are not in your town. Um, they will deliver a car from God knows where their national headquarters might, might be. Um, even Tesla, you know, they, they don't have a store. Uh, so they haven't been in your town for 40 and 50 years and sponsored the Little League program or sponsored uh, charities or sponsored uh, fun runs or walks or uh, done things with the Senior Citizens Center. They had the uh, Ford dealers, especially, have been part of the community since the Model T, and they are uh, integral members of your local community. and They and they love interacting because that's it's good marketing for them. And like you said, when uh, how did that guy get his Mustang? How, how come he's on TV? How did he get his Mustang in the in the parade? How come I saw him on the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock news? Well, most likely, Mike, as you pointed out, he probably was in a Mustang club. The Mustang club got the phone call. Hey, uh, you guys want to be in the parade? Can we need some Mustang convertibles? Or we need you? Know, and that happens all the time. I, you just mentioned a few meetings ago where some of the homecoming teams, some of the homecoming queens want to have uh, a parade at some of the local high schools. And who did they call? The club. Hey, can you guys try, bring some of your Mustang convertibles so the homecoming queen can wave from the uh, from the stands? I'm telling you, Mike, it's a way to interact with communities in a great in a great way. But more importantly, the Ford dealer and the Mustang club relationship is more than just um, a business thing because, yeah, the Ford dealers will get instant customers and have cars that are uh, going to need oil changes and maybe tires or service. 
but it's also a way to really cement the brand. And I think when people have a good dealer experience, they're going to keep coming back and over and over again, and it's going to build over the years. And what I wanted to ask you about now is we saw that happen for years since the 60s and the 70s and even through the 80s. But now these dealerships are, are the retirees are, are moving in. The first-gen ownership is passing their dealership down to the second-gen ownership. And, Mike, I'm seeing some second-gen owners not seeing the value in that relationship. What can a club do um, to say, hey, we need to have a sit-down and I, I can talk to you about it? What are the, some of the things that you need to do when you walk into a Ford dealer that you haven't had a relationship with? What can you do to make that thing happen? I think uh, the way I would approach it is you're, you're starting to talk to the dealers and you want to tell them how active you are into the community. Like you say with the homecoming ones, we have actually have one of those happening tomorrow where we're driving the homecoming queen um, in, in a parade. And, you know, we did one like for, um, there was a make a wish foundation that a child's request was to drive in a Mustang. So we did that during COVID um, people couldn't celebrate their birthdays. So we gathered 40 or 50 Mustangs and drove by their house as a drive by just to say happy birthday to the young kids. So there's a lot that you can do in the community. And I think when you go into the dealership, you start telling those kind of stories it gets them a little heartwarming um, inside about that. You guys are all about doing some good for the community and for the dealership, I mean, right? I mean, you're going to be bringing that with you to the dealership, and they need to know, how can I say it? They need to know that you're invested in it, um, you have some passion behind it, and it's not just a business transaction, if you will, and that you want to you bring goodwill to the dealership. And, like, you know, we used to um, do swap meets at the dealers. Great place for a swap meet for any car clubs. Um, I know a lot of it is online now, but if you want to be in person and actually dig through some parts the dealership is the best place to host that. And um, you need to, the, the newer generation, like you're talking about, is they're more so social media, yeah. um, not so much grassroots on the ground like, you know, we were, or the older crew were. And I think you need to show that relationship that, you know, yes, online and everything is cool now. We can still promote, um, do social media and all that. But we still need to always keep grassroots alive because that's where it is. That's where the people are. And that's where they see you in person. So, um that's what you want to try to um, talk to the dealers, why the worth is for the club to sponsor it, to get bodies in there, to hold an event there. You might have a John Clore night at a dealership and <laughs> have them come in and, you know, sit on there on a Monday or Thursday night, usually when the dealers are open later and have a little talk and, um, and they can have their cool cars that they have uh, the Mustangs, whatever on display right in the showroom with them. And who knows, it leads to a sale. I know it's done for our club in the past. At our swap meet, we've sold a couple cars off the showroom floor that day just by being in there. So, yeah, there's definitely, but you need to you make need to make that connection with the dealership about the grassroots value. Yeah, and I think Mike, that goes a long way because let's face it, these guys are being hammered by all kinds of local outfits that are got their hands out and they want to hand out. Hey, can you sponsor this? Can you sponsor that? But uh, some of these things that they do sponsor, you know, maybe. Uh, maybe it's goodwill if you sponsor the local little league team or the local hockey team, or that's all good, fine and good. And maybe some of them will wear your dealership name on their jerseys of the bowling team. And that's, that's fun. But the bottom line is that the, a car, a car club is the product that they sell and they sell Fords. And as we've long said, most Mustang owners are Ford people as well. And they're pulling their, classic Mustang with an F-150 or F-250 or 350 and their wife drives a Edge or an Escape, their kids drive Ford. So 
I think you're right. You've got to go in and establish that. And the other thing, Mike, I want to talk about tonight is the, uh, I would say, misconception that uh, the dealership experience is bad. If you watch television, you'll see uh, horror stories and commercials. Oh, I don't want to ever go to the dealer. It's like, you know, the, they, they act like it's it's torture. Uh, they don't want to buy a car that, they, that way. They want to buy it all online. But we also have lots of studies that show that young people, especially millennials, are really interested in experiential things. They want to experience things that are positive. And what better way to introduce a good dealership experience, uh, a comfort level, if you will, than to have being in a club and to be walking into that dealership and meet some of the dealer personnel when you go to the club meeting in the dealer and talk to the service guys when you're having a problem after hours and to understand that these are moms and dads and people in your neighborhood who just work there and want to have uh, a best experience as you possibly can with your Ford. And they're just regular people. And I think, you know, once the young people see that experiencing the dealer on a, a different level than just a sales or service level will really open up their eyes. And if they can see how clubs really uh, flock to a dealer because they're good, you know, that rewards the better dealers in your neighborhood. And the ones that don't have a club, they're on the outside looking in. So, I just think we got to do something uh, to make sure that young people understand the dealers are not your enemy. No, I agree a thousand percent. Um, and, you know, to, to spin off of the dealer really quick too, you know, I mean, you talked about this offline before is that, you know, there's so many clubs and you have so many people in them. Some clubs might be 40 people, but some might be 400, you know? And so like out of those 400 people, you know, how many um, people actually know somebody who works at a holiday inn or, um, you know, at a guest gas station repair shop that mm-hmm. could actually know that you can get discounts for and offer them to your members. Um, even with the dealerships, though, if, you know, maybe oil changes, if you say, you know, you're with an oil change, you're going to get 5% off because um, you're with the, the car club there. Yeah. What does that do? That gets them into the building and then to talk about or see new vehicles and who knows, at least to a next car sale. Oh, yeah. And that, that's a good point because a lot of people don't understand that, it's just not just a one and done. Uh, sponsorships are a key to to real successful clubs. And they say, well, I don't know who to talk to. You know, I, I go down to my local vacuum repair place and they're not interested. No, they're not. But you know who would be interested? Like Bill's Auto Body Shop, the Collision Center, or uh, Tom's Car Wash, and where you can offer a discount on a car wash. Anything automotive, tire shops, tire repair shops. There, I mean, there's uh, auto zones and Detail Local shops, parking. window tinning, oh. any any of those kind of places are all that you should approach because they're all willing. And the, no one that I've ever approached like that has ever told me no. Well, yeah, I mean, because here's an opportunity. You know, they spend so much money on, say, email blasts. Uh, I have to spend money on constant contact or you're, you're hiring someone to go do uh, 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 Facebook posts or flyers or your social media person. And you just don't see the return because those people that's off into cyberspace, you may know how many clicks you got, but that doesn't really tell you how many customers you have. You know, influencers are people that actually you can talk to and and say, hey, I had a really good experience at getting my car detailed at this shop and they took out all the swirl marks and you should go there, too. And that referral, third party referrals, they're they're all over the map. And unfortunately, a lot of clubs don't even think about them, Mike. And it's not just that. What do your club members do other than have their car repair? I think what you guys are successful with is a restaurant. In fact, one that's got a name Ford in it. Exactly. So 
Um, you know, some few states have Ford's Garage in there, and I know they're expanding. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we just built a relationship with them from the day they were actually pouring cement there um, <laughs> to be our home away from home, if you will, to have little gatherings there. We do three or four cruise-ins there. We've brought them a ton of business, and we advertise for them. Um, we put their, their cards in our goodie bags. Um, just to let everybody know that it's around and you need to go visit it. And, you know, as a thank you of all the, the business that we gave them over the last few years, this year they named a hamburger after our car club. So, I mean, wh- who else has that? And that's just from doing support and supporting each other. And they recognized it and wanted to name a burger after us. So there's actually a Moxham burger at the Ford's Garage in Dearborn. That is so cool. And, you know, uh, I know that uh, there was a new business open up uh, not too far from headquarters of Moxham, and you said, hey, let's go out to New Boston, Michigan, and to, to Doc's Ice Cream. And everybody went out there, a brand-new place. The ownership was like, oh, wow, that, you know, 30 Mustangs showed up in one night, and business spiked. And they said, and then now people are coming back because they said, what a cool place to come and sit down on a summer night and go drive your, your car and uh, there were live music there. I, it really makes people on both ends. The businesses see that Mustang clubs are good people to have relationships with. And your members, Mike, they say, hey, the club is opening the doors to new places and new experiences that I wouldn't get otherwise. And then it never hurts to have a discount. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing is, is that the families, too, that are involved or in the car clubs and we're talking about working with dealerships, dealerships may be hiring for a car porter. You know, move cars around, things like that, wash cars, detail cars, things like that. So if you have kids growing up in the household, it might be a good place for them to get a first job. And if they are interested in cars, it's a, it's a good place to grow up in the dealership world. So I think that's really cool. And, you know, to follow up what you said about metrics and that, you know, metrics definitely has its time and place and, uh, and usage. But um, the thing that I think the new millennials and the, the newer generation are forgetting the most is grassroots. And grassroots is where it's at. I mean, that's me and your life. Um, forever and that's what we do and um, you, you have to do the grassroots you have to be in front of the people you have to show them let them see feel and touch something um, you know hear your voice see your face in person not just on a Facebook post or that like I said it's all good but there's a time and place for everything and grassroots is the, the key to anything with any car club whether it be with dealers whether it be within the community you know it's feet on the ground and actually face to face with a lot of people uh, that, that's for sure. And, you know, that's why I kind of like uh, Moxham because, you know, they when they have a meeting, it's not just they sit down to talk business. Uh, they sit down and have a meal uh, and you can buy a great uh, dinner uh, at the Moxham meetings. And, you know, nowadays you go to a restaurant, you can't get anybody to wait on you because everybody's got help wanted. But I went to the Moxham uh, and it was a great dinner, Mike. It's It's always great to sit down and have a meal with your friends. Yeah, talk a little bit of business. But the bottom line is you're right that um, you get to talk with people about all the things they're doing with their cars. And that's, I think, going to open the doors for young people. What if a 20-year-old just got his first Mustang and he reads everything online? And um, what's that old ad- adage, Mike? I read it online, so it has to be true. Yeah. You know, another thing, too, John, is, you know, talking about going into the dealers, like, what would you tell them, too, is that, you know, so we're a nonprofit. So the majority of our proceeds that we raise throughout the year, we donate to local charities. 
which I think, um, you know, even if the, maybe the dealership has a favorite charity and you approach it that way, like say it's JDRF or the dealership or something. And, you know, you tell them that, you know, with all the proceeds that they're going to do, they're going to do a little percentage to the dealership's favorite charity this year, you know, and so they can do that as well to show that you're giving back to the community. And it's not just for profit for themselves. It's just helping the operating expenses to give back to the community and to the dealership. You're right. And okay, so here's the big question of the night. And I hope that everyone pays attention to this part. You know, whether you're a nonprofit for your club and you do all of your fundraising and then you give that money away to charity at the end of the year, or you're a for-profit and you are able to give some benefits to your club members and uh, you, you sell merchandise and uh, apparel or whatever, and you try to keep a little in the kitty for making, having more fun with your member, it doesn't matter. What does matter is most clubs, Mike, most that I've come across of the 200 or so that I visited in the last 10 years for Ford, don't spend nickel one on marketing. They said, well, we're on Facebook. And, yeah. Or yeah. we had a website, but the guy that used to run it four or five years ago went back to college and we haven't updated it. Marketing themselves doesn't happen. It just, the, being on Facebook doesn't make anybody join your club because uh, you've got to find it. So what are the secrets? How come Moxham, when you became president, was in a down economy when you only had a couple of hundred members? How did you grow that to 900 members? What, what was the way you got the word out about Moxham? And it, don't tell me it was just Facebook. No, absolutely. Um, we weren't even on Facebook at that time. So I came on board in 2005. And uh, the biggest thing that I seen, you know, they had a, a little pamphlet for you to join and recruit you. But it really wasn't that inviting. So what I told everybody was we really need to focus on benefits for the members and share that with everybody. What are we giving them? What are they getting for their money? Um, so, you know, we wanted to add more events to it to make them a little bit more active. We wanted to um, get some sponsors on to get them discounts so they can spend their money and, you know, enjoy their cars a little more. Um, you know, they you wanted to provide as many benefits as you can. So like I said, that they feel like, wow, what a what an advantage it was by being in the club. I couldn't have done this unless I was in the club. Or I couldn't have got this discount, like you said, at a repair shop. If you right. spent $5,000 on a repair on your car, and guess what? They're giving you 10% off. You just saved $500 yeah. just for being a club member. And, and that has happened many, many, many times. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely my thing was is to get the benefits out there, grow them, become more active um, in the community. And, you know, when I first started, I was known for we had a little business cards made up of the club um, with our, you know, our website and our logo on the front and then where we meet in the the days on the back and I'd be at a stoplight and I seen a Mustang next to me, I'd get out and hand them a business card. Or if I was in a parking lot shopping and I seen a Mustang, I would put it underneath their windshield wiper. And we've gotten so many members that way. And, you know, people started to call me a stalker, but, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, it sure worked because we doubled our membership within that next year. Now that's the brotherhood of Mustang. And, and you're right. Marketing Moxham and marketing your club in a way, just not just being on Facebook, but Mike, you're right. When you see a fellow Mustanger, Hey, hand him a card. Hey, we want you to be in the club. First of all, it's impressive. They say, man, this guy stopped me. I don't even know him just because I have a Mustang. And they, they notice that I have a Mustang and they want to be my friend. And that, that says a lot when you hand them that little business card or a trifold or whatever your club does, that is marketing. But I think the other thing that, that people seem to forget about is that, yeah, they're on Facebook and they have some marketing a little bit, Mike, but they don't understand the value of having a really good website. You know, 
when you ask Siri, hey, tell me about the Mustang Club of whatever, and they're only on Facebook, they don't say, she says, this is what I found on the web. She doesn't say, this is what I found on Facebook. So if you're not on the web, you really aren't a business. You've, uh, you've really got to have a website. And how come Moxum's website is so darn good? Well, let me tell you this, too. Uh, social media is great, but the heart and soul of the club is the website absolutely is true and when i joined the club our website was um dormant was locked out um we couldn't even get in so i was very fortunate to meet somebody who's still with me today almost 15 years later um who really created a website for us and it was the lifeline of our club and it just gives you updates constantly on events what's new in the news um a member gallery so if people are wondering who that person was there's a little write-up and pictures about the the people as long as they submit their pictures um there's photos from all the past events so you know if they were thinking about doing an event this year and they couldn't make it last year they can go back and look at last year's pictures and see like wow that looks really fun you know we really yeah. need to get out there and do that and it's just priceless to have a great website and you know there's a lot of clubs that are just on facebook or instagram whatever right. i don't really call them clubs i just call them like a, a page or a registry if you will or a facebook group um but they're not actual clubs clubs to me is um Paying dues, actually meeting in person for monthly meetings, um, things like that. Not just a you know a cruise in. We'll see you three times a year, you know, like that. I'm they're all great. I'm not I'm not putting them down in any way, but for sure for a club, I think it needs to be like you know paying dues, having uh, meetings, having a board of directors who's making things happen for you, and um, providing benefits to uh, to the, all those members. Mike, that's I couldn't have said it better. And you know, uh, when you th think of a club as a business. Um, the number one thing people kind of skip out on when times are tough as well, we're not going to market ourselves. We'll save the marketing money because they don't see the value in that. And I believe um, wholeheartedly from seeing the clubs that are successful and the clubs who are not, who are not spending any time doing those little things like handing someone that business card. Hey, come to our meetings here. We, we meet on Tuesday, the second Tuesday of the month. And to, to make that personal interaction that really makes it happen and having a very active website that tells you everything that's going on, that's updated regularly, as well as your Facebook page. Sure, people are going to check Facebook, but, you know, um, unless you're in Facebook jail, and then you won't do anything. But bottom line for everybody is understand that you are running a business, and uh, even if you have just a page, you want to be able to market yourself beyond just social media and to have those interactions with other businesses that make club membership great. I think, Mike, the next podcast, we should really talk about that other aspect that you really hit on two or three times already is events. And there are you know, Facebook pages that get together for a cruise night or we'll meet up at the Dairy Queen or whatever. And those are all fine and good. But the big car shows, the little car shows, the events that happen almost every weekend are the things that tie a club together and that make them feel like family. We should get into our next podcast on how you do events, what makes a great event, what makes a bad event, and what are the events going to be looking like in the future when we want younger people to join. I really think, Mike, that's what you guys at Moxham have over just about everybody else, and I don't know how you do it. Is there some kind of secret we need to talk about next podcast? 
I'm very, very excited to get into events and uh, also some cruises. You know, um, I don't know if they have it all around the country, but I'm sure there's some kind of cruises that have been going on uh, in different states, like as an annual event. And I can tell you how to make cruises really, really fun as well. Um, but plus, you're planning your major event for your club each and every year, and then what to do throughout the whole year of different kind of events that you can actually put on with your club to keep everybody busy um, all show season long. Yeah, and interact with other clubs in your, who are in your region as well. Well, Mike, again, thank you very much tonight for all that great information. The business of running a Mustang club is just more than just showing up and hanging out. And uh, hopefully people have learned some, some very valuable lessons. And we will share some great ideas on what makes a great event and what the events will be looking like in the future on the next podcast. So thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Okay, and for everybody else, I hope you join us the next time. Uh, we thank Mike Rave of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan. He'll come back. We'll share some great event ideas for you and your friends. And uh, if you're even, even just a Facebook page or group or you're in a regular club, for you to stand up and say, hey, let's do this. And that's what makes Mustangs fun. So until next time, I've been your host, John Clore. If you don't have a chance to catch us on the next podcast, make sure you check us out on FordPerformanceClubConnect.com or read all about your life in the Mustang world on FordPerformance.com slash enthusiast. So until next time, keep it on the road.